0: You're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ, from Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. She's for nothing. So how many of you here came today a, a, a little bit of anxious? Now one? Wow. Well, let's pray and let's call us in prayer. We don't need this sermon today. <laughs> and so... And so because the scripture tells us, even Jesus says, do not worry about your life. Yes? yes? And so when we think of anxiety, so what is anxiety? What do you think? In the dictionary it says, yes? About things that war. That's right. Yeah. You know, you worry a lot, isn't it? And so anxiety is a feeling of fear. You know? Dread and uneasiness, you know, it might cause you to sweat, like now, <laughs> I'm sweating, <laughs> so feel restless and tense, and then and you can see, your would go, Ooh. <gasps> it's beating too fast, so you're feeling anxiety then, right, anxiety is a mindset of what if. Have you had that? What if I don't close the sale today? You know, what if I don't get the, the, the bonus I'm waiting for? You know, this 2024. You know, we just have this uh, storm, this wild tornado, we call it. You know, especially at our, our neighborhood, just horrible. And then and some people say, what if my insurance company won't Pay all the property have been damaged. I have no insurance. How can I rebuild my life again? What's going to happen now? What if this, what if that? In know, church, according to uh, the uh, nature of mental health and disorder, In Australia alone, it's reaching epidemic, proportion. Let's have a look at the data there. It says, over one in five, that's 21%, Australian aged 15 to 85 estimated to have experienced a mental disorder. Just think about this. One of, you know, five in this room here have experienced that or experiencing at the moment. And then it says 1 in 6, that's 70%, experience anti-disorder. 8% are affected disorder and 3% substance use disorder. And then almost 1 in 7, age 4 to 17, experiencing mental illness. When you think of those data, Church, one would think that Christian would be exempted from it, but we're not, right? You know, we have been taught that the Christian life is a life of peace, and when we don't have that peace, we assume problems lie within us. Not only that we feel anxious, but also we feel guilty about our anxiety and anxiety. And The result is a downward spiral of worry, guilt, worry, guilt. And so here it is it says the presence of anxiety is unavoidable, but the prison of anxiety is optional. You know, anxiety is part of life, right? That's why Jesus says, you know, don't worry because I'm here with you. You see, anxiety is not a sin, it is an emotion. So to be anxious about feeling anxious. Because sometimes when we allow the anxiety, it can lead to simple behavior. True? And Jesus gave this word in Luke 21, 34, says, but be careful, or your light, or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life, and that they will close you on suddenly like a trap. And so, let's have a kind of a check uh, at the moment. Is your heart weighed down with worry? No? That's good. Are you laughing less than she once did? Do you see problems in every promise? Do you assume that something is going to, bad things going to happen? Or do you magnify the negative and dismiss the positive? Oh, it might happen to this person, but not to me. That kind of mindset? If those questions, most of them, you say yes, then I have a friend I would like you to meet. Actually, there's a verse that I've read this many times. It really encourages me so much. During my Dark as hour. Let me read it to you. In, in Philippians 4, verses 4 to 7, 4 to 9, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. What a start, right? I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be heaven to all. The Lord is near. Remember that. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, don't forget that as well, present your request to God, and then it says, and the God of peace, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. Wow. Wow doesn't finish there yet? Next one. It says, "Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, what are we do we can do? Think about such things. Whatever you learn, have learned, or received, or heard from me, or seen in me, is said, put into practice. And the God of peace." will be with you. Why don't we just pray that the Lord will help us understand this message this morning. Let's pray. Father God, we just want to say thank you for being with us here today. Thank you, Lord, for Wayne reminding us while we're here that you gave your life for us. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're the one to help us understand, but also to convict us so that we can surrender our lives to you with regard to sin. We thank you, Father, you're there to correct us. In Jesus' name, amen. Sometimes when I was, when I was preparing this message, I just wonder if the Apostle Paul has lost reality when he wrote Philippians 4, right? I mean, come on. And he said, be anxious for what? For nothing. Zero. zero. And the question I ask is, is this this what he really meant? Be anxious for nothing, right? You see, when the possible wrote the phrase is in the present active tense, which implies an ongoing state. He's, what he's addressing is, I don't want you to have a permanent anxiety for your life. That's what he's trying to address. You see, when we look at these verses, church, we can see four beautiful promises that Paul says, this is the four prescription for your anxiety. Number one, he says, celebrate God's goodness. We just sang that song, right? And His sovereignty. Let you rejoice in the Lord. And then ask God for help. Very important. Leave your concerns with Him and meditate on good things. We are saying that, the goodness of God. And so when you look at it, we will have the acronyms called calm. Are you calm right now? Tell the person next to you, I'm calm. Yeah? That's good. Awesome. (laughs) How good is this, church? And this passage, church, is one of the most highlighted passages in the Bible. You see, church, God, as your helper, you can go to bed happy tonight. Not only that, you know, you can smile and have a gladness tomorrow. How good is that? Because God is there to calm your fear and your anxiety. Can I just encourage all of us here to learn bad news through the lens of God's sovereignty? That he is in full control of every situation. And through the Holy Spirit, he wants us to discern the the enemy's lies. He says, you're not good enough. But God says, yes, you're good enough. And tell yourself the truth. God got this. Can you tell yourself, God got this? And then tell them again, the next person is you, God got this. Yeah? And so, can I just say this, folks? Some of us here experiencing this anxiety is some of us will do a little bit of hard work. Because I'm not saying that, um, I'm not saying to leave the impression that anxiety and fear uh, be put aside just one sermon. No. As a matter of fact, some of us, God's healing will include the help of therapy and medication. So if you are in this position, I don't want you to think that you are for a moment, you are a second-class Christian. Alright? Don't even think about that. What I want you to do is ask God to lead you to a qualified counselor or psychiatrist or psychologist or physician that will provide that treatment for you. And so, the a week before I preached this message, I was talking to uh, John Monument, one of our psychologists uh, at Southport Church of Christ, and I just want to interview her what her experience about this area, and this is what she said about anxiety and mental illness. She said, when we look at anxiety or disorder or anxiety, we work to manage it, not to cure it. And she said, anxiety is a natural part of life when there is something unknown or not dealt with before. What has says there, be anxious for nothing, but we need to find ways of managing that anxiety. And then she said, we need, don't, we need to look at their lifestyle factors like all of us. Are they sleeping well? Are they eating well? Are they uh, getting good recovery time? Because when our body is stressed, mind and body, of course, they are going to have less resources. So then we become more anxious about things. And Jan says, We are talking about Christian, you know, Don. Because we got to see that God is in control no matter what. Even if we walk to anxiety and have sensations from it, we know that in the big picture, God is still in control. I said, thank you so much, Jen. Can I just say this, church? God doesn't want you to live a life of permanent anxiety. It is not His will that you face every day with intense fear and anxiety. God didn't make you for that. He made you in His own image and in His likeness, and you are loved by God. And He said, you are my treasured possession. Yeah? That's why we're going to look the first one is celebrate God's goodness and sovereignty. There's a saying that you can't run the world but you can entrust it to God. And sometimes we can even manage ourselves and try to manage others. Church, if you believe that God is bigger than your problem, and that is who He is, then He is trustworthy. True? Then you can rest assured that you can put all your trust in Him. All of us in this room have experienced trauma in different form. True? Maybe some of you are in the middle of it. And maybe some of you have experienced difficult financial loss over the years, over 12 months. I don't know. And maybe some of you have experienced difficult divorce many years ago, or some of you recently. Or some of you are facing a disease that seems to have no solution, and you don't know what to do. And maybe some of you are still processing death of a loved one. Maybe the biggest question you can ask is this, Pastor Don, how can I celebrate God's goodness and sovereignty when I'm experiencing this difficulty in my life right now? How can I navigate this ordeal in my life right now? Church, if anyone have a reason to be anxious, it was the Apostle Paul. Right? Let's have a look at this slide. Because I want you to imagine, let us travel 2,000 years back, right? And I want you to imagine Paul is almost bald, right? Because he's over 60 plus years old. But also, he, he went through a lot. You know, he got chains with arms and, and, and feet. I want you to envision this as an old man. He gazes out of the window in a Roman prison. You know, he went to prison because he's preaching the gospel, right? Not only that, he was beaten several times and received 39 lashes from different occasions, five different occasions. And he was beaten with rod in three different occasions. He was once left for dead, and has been in prison, and he was being, uh, you know, uh, left behind by his co-workers. Nobody visited him when he was in the dungeon. He endured shipwreck, storms, and his starvation. Do you want me to continue still? You know, his future is so gloomy in that jail cell. And yet, when you look at the Philippians 4, you cannot see one word that bears fear or complaint. Zero. He never blamed God for his misfortune. Instead, you can can hear him say, with full gratitude and thanksgiving to God, and he's calling his readers... And to all of us as well, he's kind of saying to us, hey, I want you to rejoice in the Lord. Not tomorrow, not when you have a severe thing, but always. You see, Paul's prescription for anxiety begins with a call to rejoice. There's power when you rejoice. Rejoice. And church, the Apostle Paul used every tool in his hands in this verse so that he can get attention. The first thing he did is he employed a present imperative tense so that when his readers start reading it, they could hear him say continually, habitually, rejoice. If the verse is not enough, he removed the expiration date. He said, always. And if the verse is not enough... He repeated command, he says, again, I said again, rejoice. Wow. Wow. (laughs) I'm thinking, how honored, how can a person obey this command, rejoice always? Is it possible for any person to maintain an interrupted spirit of gladness? You know the answer. No. This is not Paul's challenge. You see, we are encouraged by Paul to rejoice in the Lord. This verse is a call, not to a feeling, but to a decision, and a deeply rooted confidence that God exists, that also that he is in full control, that he is A good, good, heavenly father. Amen? Church, we have a choice. True? We can wear our hurts. Or we can wear our hope. We can feed ourselves in our misfortunes. Or we can close ourselves and lean into the perfect plan of God. But also, we can believe this promise where Paul says in Romans 8, 28. You know it. He says, And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God. Number one. Number two, he says, To those who are called according to his purpose. God didn't save you for nothing. He saved you because he loved you, but he has a purpose for you. And if you're feeling anxious today, well, I remember you told me a while ago, no one in this room is feeling anxious today. Is that true? (laughs) Can I just say, if you're feeling that anxiousness, Jesus is just a prayer away. That's why he says in Jeremiah 32, verse 17, he says, oh, sovereign Lord, You have made the heavens and the earth, and by your great power and our arm, can you say it? Nothing is too hard for you. Do you believe that? Church, we worship and serve a faithful God. We just sang that song many times this morning, Right? Nothing is too difficult for God. Remind yourself. Nothing is too difficult for Him because of who He is, we have this confidence that I am okay. Even I don't feel okay. Because God got this. That's why we go to the second point is ask God for help. Present your request to God. In verse 6 it says, Philippians 4, 6, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, petition, with thanksgiving. Don't forget that. Because God is good, right? We always say, Thank you, Lord, this morning, because I can read, I can see, I can walk, I can talk. Yeah? You see, anxiety is needless because the Lord is near. I want to remind myself of that. The Lord is near. I don't need to be anxious every second of them, every moment of my life. In the Old Testament, in the Bible, God always makes known His presence to His people. With Abraham, this is what He said. Do not be afraid, I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. And then Hagar, through the announce of the angels, he said to Hagar, do not be afraid, God has heard you. And after Moses' death, God told Joshua, Joshua, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. What a promise. I don't know if you can claim that promise. But I do. I do. And then he claimed the ultimate declaration of his communion being reminded by Wayne a while ago, God called himself Emmanuel. God with us. You see, he promised to never leave us nor forsake us. And so let us remember again that Jesus is just a prayer way. It's not in there. In the PowerPoint, but Jeremiah thirty-three, 3, you know that verse. He says, "Call unto me, and I will answer you, and I will tell you great and mighty things which you don't even know." Wow! You see, church, we serve a wonderful God. He always working things for our good. He's working behind the scene. You see, God is good and He's good all the time. He's good in what we consider good things. He's good in what we consider bad things. But also, let us remind ourselves... His love for us doesn't change. It doesn't change based on our goodness. It doesn't change based on our faithfulness. We need to remember His love for us will never change. That's why the psalmist says this in Psalm 41 to 3. He says this, I waited patiently for the Lord. He reached down to me and heard my cry. And he brought me out of the pit of destruction, out of the mud. He set my feet on a rock, making my footsteps firm. And then he said, he just put a song in my mouth and a song of praise to so our God. Many will see and fear that I will trust in the Lord. Didn't we just sing that song last one? Yes? Wow. And so, church, I want to remind ourselves that when you look at the whole Bible, and we admire some of those heroes in the Bible, right? I never read any heroes of the Bible that haven't been through difficulties. They all went through difficulties. But you see, it was in their struggle that God showed them His faithfulness. It was in their difficult moment in their life that God showed them his faithfulness. They didn't see for a moment. They didn't see it 12 months from then. But in their difficulties and their struggle, they realized that it's worth it because God has allowed it, because he has a purpose. And whatever you're going through right now, remind yourself God has a purpose. He is training me to be the person I am meant to be. That's why we go to the next point. Leave your concern with Him. With thanksgiving. let's have, let us practice that kind of mindset. Right? Because 1 Peter 5 7 says, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. Peter got it. You know, he didn't say cast some of your cares and then the rest you can solve it to yourself. No. We're not meant to do that. We're meant to give it everything to him because he knows what's best For you and for me. Yeah? That's why Philippians 4, 7 says, When we do so, give it everything to him, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. While I'm preparing this message, I said, How could could Paul so positive? Unravel in his relationship with God when he was beaten shipwrecked and been abandoned and persecuted, why still smiling? No, he's not smiling, he's just have that confidence in the Lord. Why is that? Because peace with God is the fruit of oneness with him. Just when we are firmly rooted in a deep and intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, we have this tranquility that transcends explanation, period. We don't have to understand everything, but here it is. Although we have everything is in around us and in chaos, we're still confident and calm, knowing God got this. You see, the Apostle Paul learned the art of gratitude. He's always being grateful and thankful. Because gratitude is a mindful awareness of the benefits of life. It is the greatest virtue. Studies showed, linked this, that emotions with a variety of positive effects. It says, great people, Grateful people tend to be more empathetic and forgiving to others. People who kept a, a gratitude journal are more likely to have a positive outlook on life. And grateful individuals demonstrate less envy, less materialism, and less sense-sensitiveness. actually promote improved self-esteem. And enhances relationship, and you have a quality of sleep at night. It is no wonder that God's solution for anxiety is loaded with gratitude. Gratitude. You know, when you have this grateful, in your heart it just resonates to everyone. Gratitude leads us up the bank of if only and leads us into the further land of already. You know the anxious heart says, Lord, if I only have this and I have that and the other, I'll be okay. And the grateful heart says, Lord, see, wow, you give me this, you give me that, you give me that, and I'm truly grateful, I will never forget your goodness in my life. Can you see the difference? That's why Philippians uh, 4, 11, Paul says, I have learned to be content. Whatever circumstances, I know what is to be in need, and I know what is to be have plenty, and he said, I have learned the secret of being content. In every and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in one, I can do all things to Christ who strengthens me. <laughs> wow. I have learned the secret of content see, sometimes I ask myself, is my happiness based on what I have? Is your happiness based on what you have, what you drive, what you wear, what you have in the bank? I hope not. You see, the Pastor Paul here is teaching us a healthier strategy how we can combat anxiety in our life. He learned to be content with what he had. And you say, how? Simple. He focused on a different list. What kind of list? He said, I have God in my life. God has forgiven me. I have security of my salvation. And Christ is enough for me. You see... Paul had in the Lord Jesus Christ was greater, far greater than what he didn't have. Can I just encourage all of us in this room? Be grateful for what you have and focus on that and focus less on what you don't have. Yeah? That's why we go to the last point. I'm nearly there. Can I do the last point? Here we go. go. Okay, yeah, yeah. Meditate on good things. Paul says, "Think about these things that are praiseworthy." He says, "Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things." I have to remind myself that I uh, didn't choose my birthright. I didn't choose my parents or siblings. Did you? There are many things in our life we have no choice, right? But you can choose your wife, you can choose your husband. Is that true? Uh, okay, good. Good. But the greatest activities of life is well within your dominion you can choose what you think about. You can be the air traffic controller of your mental airport. Think about that. Right? Occupy the control tower and direct the mental traffic of your world. Right? Thoughts about cycle about coming and going. Right? And you can say, okay, you can land, Okay, you can depart. Which one do you say you can land? Which one you say? Whoosh? It's the thought pattern. Yeah? That's why Proverbs 4.23 says, Be careful what you think, because your thought runs your life. So I ask you the question, Do you want to be happy tomorrow? then sow the seed of happiness today. Learn to memorize Bible verses of God's promises. How many do you know? There are 7,000 promises here in this book. And then I want to encourage you to pray a lot, worship a lot. Spend quality time with God and then focusing on helping others. So my last question is this what God is saying to you right now. And if God is speaking into your heart, lean towards Him and just surrender whatever is struggling struggle you have right now. Again, in our reflection, remind ourselves Of these four things. Can you show that please? Thank you. Remind ourselves to celebrate goodness. To ask God for help. Leave your concern with him. And meditate on good things. Why don't we just pray. And bow our heads. Heavenly Father. Thank you. For another year. A brand new start. Lord, we thank you that you're my, all, you have reminded us this morning, be anxious for nothing. Lord, in our own way, it's hard to do that, but with your help, God, with you on our side, we can do all things through you, Jesus, because you're the one who's directing us to your Holy Spirit. You're the one who's giving us guidance and wisdom especially when we're about to make a decision that will impact our lives this 2024. Lord, we surrender everything to you. And we pray for people who are struggling, that you uh, heal them miraculously. And whatever setbacks they have, Lord, we know you have a purpose and to make us more stronger than ever before.